Dark as shame, darling, dark as shame. Thank you for all the joy and pain. Sixteen hundred AM on the Kiva. Oh, Eddie, danke. Feeling danke. This is your producer, Eric. I'm here with Chris Napier. Mm-hmm. You got the NMLS number? Yes, sir. It's 330093. All right. And then here we go. So uh, I'm paying a mortgage with my brother, but he signed all the paperwork. He does everything. Mm-hmm. And basically, when I want to get my own mortgage, you want to tell me what I need to know. Sure. So, um, quick question. When you went in on it, did you actually, you know, give your documentation so you're also on the mortgage itself? I'm not. Okay. We have a handshake agreement. Okay, got it. Um, then in that case, you're not. we're not going to try to tie you down to the house that you're in now. Okay. So, what will happen is we would end up in that particular example, end up just qualifying you as a, you know, first-time homebuyer if you haven't owned a property in three years in your name. Uh, you could qualify for what we call a first-time homebuyer. And what we're, the problem that we're solving, the possibilities to, you know, get it is we're going to look at three different criterions to get you qualified. We're going to look at your income, we're going to look at your credit, and we're going to look at your assets, right? So um, we're going to look at the income, how long have you earned it, and we always go back two years, okay? And so what we look at, you know, your income, how is it earned? And it, the real question that we're always trying to answer is, is it stable or unstable? After that, we look at credit and how you've paid your bills in the past, right? And then there's the proverbial FICO credit score that's used. Uh, and there's a kind of a whole bunch of different ranges. You can go down to about 550 before we kind of start saying really no to a lot of you know options. It becomes much more restrictive on a lot of products below 620. Above 620 often opens up more programs for you. And when it comes to the programs, there's probably 15 to 20 major categories of mortgages. So if you said, hey, Chris, you know, the interest rate's X, I saw it on the interweb. I'm like, okay, what product was it? For what time, length of time? What credit score requirements or assumptions did they make? Was it a 20% down, a 50% down, 800 credit scores with a zillion, you know, bucks in the bank? And did you get, you know, an offer from Connecticut because Connecticut's cheaper than New Mexico for rates? And the advertisers know that, right? But you don't. Right. So it looks like this advertiser's the cheapest thing you've ever seen. So of course you're going to, you know, it's, you're going to want to call them. Right. Right. The third thing we're going to look at is the asset. So if all of a sudden you have $10,000 in the mattress, we're not going to play ball with the 10 grand. Right. Okay. So it's outside the banking system, then it's not there. So what we're really hunting for with those three categories is really trying to answer two questions. Can you pay me on time and will you pay me on time? Once I answer those questions, I'll buy anything you want. You want to buy the Taj Mahal? Perfect. Let's go get it. Oh, that's great. I'm very dependable. Yeah. So from that perspective, the two questions I'm trying to answer is, can you and will you pay me on time? And so, and it's, everything's verified by third party, i.e. tax returns, paycheck stubs, bank statements, you know, credit reports, the whole thing. So, you know, um, I've had clients come to go, but Chris, I'm going to have money in the future. Okay. Well, that's like me saying I'm going to win the lottery, uh-huh. right? I don't think I'm going to get the hot chick until I actually have the winning ticket. Right. Right. Uh-huh. So... And she'll be like, well, once you have it, I'll be your wife, right? Uh, before then, we're not going to play ball. So, you know, I can't, you can't make decisions based on a future promise. But what happens is, is 
you know, most families have three questions in response. So if you want to get into the technicalities, we answer the two questions through those three categories. And there's three questions that are usually on my family side. And the first one is, Chris, what's my payment, right? And I always give it back in terms of total out the door. Here's how we do this. So the first question is really, what's my payment? Give me the, you know, the out the door price. What's the taxes, the insurance, and all the stuff added to it. Uh-huh. There's usually four components to a payment. And then the second question is what I call the extortion number. Okay. And that extortion oh, that sounds bad. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> like he said extortion. Um, so we're looking at two different categories. We're looking at closing cost and down payment. Okay. So the down payment requirement is on every category of mortgage, there's a down payment requirement. Some of them are zero and some of them are 5% and some of them are 15% and some of them are, you know, two and a half percent and two and a quarter percent. So it just depends on, and it's always a percentage. We always love like, you know, fractions. So what happens is, is the, so we had a down payment component and then we have the transactional cost, right? So when you're buying a property, there's really, when you add it all up, there's me, a credit company, a flood cert company, a appraiser, a survey, a title company, the county records. Uh, there's usually a real estate agent on the buyer side, there's a real estate agent on the seller side. There's an inspection company. And, you know, if the inspection company, who's a general inspection, comes back and says, hey, we don't know about the roof, then they're gonna, you're going to hire a roof specialist to go look at that property, you know. Right. So you can go deep real quick, right? Um, if it happens to be a mobile home, now we need, you know, an IBTS report or we need a structural engineer's report to verify that the house is on a actual permanent foundation that we'll lend against. So there's, you know, so when you add it all up, it's kind of like a wedding, right? So you have the flower girl and then you got the cake and then you got the, you got to pay for the, you know, the DJ and the priest, you know, and the venue and the wedding and, you know, the bar, you know, add it all up. And you're like, how do we get to 50 grand today? Right. Uh-huh. For the perfect day. Same yes. thing here right? There's probably anywhere from eight to 15 companies involved in it. And I have to account for all of it, right? So when you go, well, how much is it going to cost? Five grand on your side and 25,000 on the seller side. And you're like, okay. really? Yeah. Like, and you go, well, that's a lot of money. You're, you're making all that money. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I wish I was. Right. Yeah. I could do one loan a month and be like, peace out. Yeah. I don't know any of those people. Yeah. No, I, I work with all of them, but I'm not, you know, that's not what we get paid on. Uh-huh. So otherwise I could do a one and done and be the happiest guy in the planet, you know, just working 10 hours a month. Um, but what happens is, so everybody has to be accounted for. So I have to account for all those transactional costs from everybody. And then I'm held liable for it. Right. Right. So if I don't tell you there's a fee, I have to eat the fee. I see. Okay. So you can imagine we're very particular about making sure everything's perfect up front because oh, yes. all of our companies on the back end are like, yeah, we'd love to go ahead and just start writing checks just for no reason. Um, and they did that on purpose because there was bad actors who did, you know, bait and switch before. And so that's the way to stop that. And then the third question we're trying to answer really is what I call the stability question, right? So you got payment, you got the extortion number, you had the closing cost plus the down payment. That's your total number that you need to make the whole deal work. Like, Chris, how much money do I need to close on? Like, uh-huh. What's the number? Right. The third question is really the stability question, which comes down to is, you know, how good is this payment for? When could it change? Why would it, you know, why would it be different? When would it be different? Uh-huh. You know, if I'm so assuming the payment's going to be $1,500 a month, great. Well, how long is it going to be good for 1500 bucks? You know, could it be different? Would, you know, why would it be different? When could it change? All those questions come into play. And the bridge between any lender in the planet and any borrower in the planet is going to be that bridge is going to be the paperwork. 
So there is kind of a rule. If it's not on paper, it does not exist. Right. That makes right. sense. Yeah. So when we go through that process, I have to present my clients to a food chain that goes behind me. Okay. And in that food chain, there's processors and underwriters and closers and funders, and there's a whole slew of guys behind me. And those girls and gentlemen all do a different function. And um, the underwriters are the actual people who say yes, right? So any loan officer worth their salt already know that road, you know, already know that road very well. Okay. Right. So anytime you ever hear a loan officer go, well, I just can't believe the underwriter just doesn't see the life the way that you and I see it. I can't, you know, I just can't believe this. <laughs> well, you should, you should know how to get to the end. You know, you should know if this is going to be successful before you start or not. Sure. So it's not rocket science. Like we're not trying to solve world, you know, politics or Middle East, you know, conflicts. Right. Yeah. Some for everybody. Yeah. Just it's, it's okay. You should know how to do this. So what happens is if you go through that process, you know, that bridge is really that paperwork. So I only get to represent you on paperwork because you don't get to talk to, as an example, the underwriters, you go, well, I'll just talk to Susie Q, the underwriter, and I'll make her, I'll convince her this is how life is. You don't, they don't talk to you ever. And it's not because anybody's bad or good. It's just, there has to be some anonymity and also no bias, right? So it's literally just looks at the paperwork and goes, okay, based on the numbers, based on the tax returns, based on this information, we will say yes or no. We don't care about anything else. We don't care about race, creed, color, religion, sexual orientation, pick your favorite. You're a protected class. You fog a mirror. We don't care. Right. Okay? Especially uh, bipartisan, no, no politics. Zero. We don't care. Okay. Right. Um, let me put it this way. Your good loan officers, your good companies don't care. Okay. Uh, some of the guys who add anything to that process. I mean, it's already a, doing a mortgage is not a complicated process. D, you know, the details is where we like to grind everybody out. Okay. And we have to be literally at the end, we're to the penny correct on everything down to how many pennies you have in your bank, to how many pennies you earn in a year, to how many pennies you got to close with. And so with that in mind, you're really trying to figure out that first whole phase and your loan officer should be able to guide you through that process. And if they can't guide you through that process, you're, of course, going to be absolutely frustrated by the lack of uh, transparency. You're going to be lack, you know, frustrated by the lack of uh, guidance, you know, because you're trying to make decisions. You know, do I buy the house? Do I not buy the house? Can I really come in with the cash that's needed? Can I, can I give notice to the, you know, on the house I'm at and move out on time? Uh -huh. You know what I mean? It, is there, the inspection's going to come back on time? And by the time you're done, most people are worn out because it's real life. Right. It's not a sandbox. You know, if there's a failure, it's, there's big consequences. It's for keeps. Well, yeah, it's, it's, there's some real consequences to failure and there's also real consequences for success. And so, you know, the people that you're dealing with have to understand that backwards and forwards. Right. And so not only do they, can they effectively do the job and they're mechan you know, they're excellent at the mechanics of how to make the car work. Right. Uh -huh. The, I also think that their bedside manner, if you want to use, you know, doctor terms, right. Medical terms, like their bedside manner and their ability to communicate to everybody, all the stakeholders, right. The seller side, the buyer side and communicate all of that stuff to everybody is a big deal. Right. Right. So can they communicate? Cause you've got different skill sets. So some people are really good talkers, but they don't know how to do the job. Mm -hmm. They can't figure out how to make the mechanics. And then you got the analytical folks who are really good on the mechanics, but don't know how to talk. 
uh-huh. right? So then how do you, you know, kind of find that balance in one person is really difficult for any industry, not just a mine. So as you go through it, it's real simple. We're asking a couple questions on our side. You're asking some main questions on your side. There's the bridge of that paperwork. So if we can't prove it on paper, then we're not using it. I see. Right. So we got a couple more minutes left. What did you come in to tell the advanced people today? The, the thing that uh, we're going to be looking at is if you're thinking about doing a refinance as of Tuesday of this week, the Federal Reserve decided to go ahead and take their foot off of asset purchases and are now going to go into fighting inflation. What that means in the beginning is they're going to stop buying mortgage-backed securities and they'll stop buying treasuries. Okay, They were the biggest buyer. Our interest rates are artificially low, so if you want to do something, now is the time. I think they're going to slowly start to creep up. And when they start to creep up, we could be looking at somewhere between six months and a year before I think they're going to go back down again. And I don't know that to be fact. I don't, I'm right. not, a, I don't have a crystal ball or I'd sure. be really rich. Right. But, um, they're going to have to try to fight inflation and that the only way they know how to fight inflation because they're out of every other option is to raise the yield curve up which means mortgage rates go up, credit card rates go up, car loans go up. Everything's going to start to creep up a little bit. Right. And so they, the delicate balance that the Federal Reserve has is trying to raise it up without crashing the system too fast. Yeah, that's, that's where it's at. That's the, uh, the delicate balance. Yeah. So, and I wish them good luck because it affects everybody. But um, that's, that's now the new shift. So there's a, the focus was making sure the economy didn't crash because of the, you know, coronavirus stuff, but then now you're looking at, um, we have so much inflation now, they want to make sure that it doesn't run away from them either. So now they're kind of reversing very quickly. So that would be my only thing is, is if you're thinking about doing it or you want to do it probably now then verse later, because I can't promise we're going to be anywhere in the twos or the threes on a 30-year fixed mortgage if you want to move forward. I see. All right. You heard him. That's Chris Napier, and this is the Loan Depot Hour. Chris, you want to give us your NMLS number again? It is 330093, and the phone number you can reach me at is 710-2499. All right. Thanks. We'll hear you next time on the Rock of Talk, 1600 AM. Thank you, sir. Was the place we'd meet, second seat, gold Dutch street, you were sweet, darker shame.